boxed, ready for Saturday morning's Greyhound Racing Wrap. Across Victoria, RSN 927 is talking greyhounds. Here's Simone Fisher. And good morning to you on this Saturday, the 23rd of February, and what a fabulous time it is to be involved in greyhound racing. The depth of dogs we have at the moment certainly makes racing very enjoyable. After a stellar night of racing last Saturday night at the Meadows, and with the eight heats of the Australian Cup tonight, the show will be all about the Meadows. General Manager Marg Long, race caller Ron Hawkswell, and track manager Corey Hiscock will all be chatting to me this morning. What's making news around the kennels? Although the news is almost a week old, the three group ones last week were sensational. Baruga Brett was brilliant in the Temley. Deliver did just that in the Rookie Rebel and Tornado Tears. First up after a five-month break, winning the group one had even the most astute greyhound enthusiast amazed. It was a training effort that is probably one of the greatest ever. Ballarat also had their two features last Saturday night with Crimson Vixen taking out the Oaks and Flynn, a dog that I have been following, the Derby. After 18 years, the Launceston Cup was taken out by a local. The Robin Grubb trained Hello Rhonda started favourite and led nearly all the way in Monday night's $40,000 to the winner final. The Tasmanian Greyhound of the Year was Leroy Rogue. It is with great sadness again that we've lost another gentleman from the Greyhound community. Don Graham converted from Greyhound to Greyhounds from Volterias many years ago and he passed away last weekend due to a heart attack. Don and his wife Jenny were advocates of the Greyhound Adoption Program and were extremely dedicated to ensuring that the message was getting out by fostering and adopting. And I know at one stage they had seven dogs as pets. They were foster fails and that wasn't the Dogs, that was them. They just absolutely love the greyhounds. They also received the Chairman's Award a number of years ago for outstanding service to the industry. Don really was a gentleman and loved his dogs. Speaking of adoption, the Greyhound Adoption Day that was to be held at Sandown on Saturday the 2nd of March has now been moved to the Seymour Kennels. There will be 15 to 20 dogs up for adoption and it will be a lot more low-key than some of these normal adoption days that we've been seeing. Info is on the GRV website. Racing, Acacia Park began smoothly in the centre, goes out to second last though. Get behind me, the leader tackled by Katandra King, the outside. Smart Scott's third on the fence and National Star fourth. Going to the back straight and Smart Scott got up on the inside and took the lead from Get Behind Me, then Katandra King. National Star getting up on the inside from Chariot Supreme. Tangan running home, then Black that's Acacia Park, who's back at the tail, coming to the turn, 100 to go. And moving up on the outside, Katandra King. Tangen right on the outside, takes the lead. It's a local win. Tangen wins the cup. Second place in Katandra King. Get and Ron, good morning. That must bring back some memories for you. Yes, and good morning to you, Simone, and good morning, everybody. Yes, it brings back some wonderful memories, Simone. That was my first Australian Cup back in 1984 and next year I'll be uh, next um, next week I'll be lining up for my my 36 so uh, consecutive Australian Cup some great memories there some some wonderful greyhounds over the years and yeah it's a uh, uh, yeah, some fabulous memories there there sure are and um the other night I found a little clip on YouTube with you and Bill Collins and Ken Carr about that particular race doing um, a preview it was fantastic taking a trip down memory lane yeah, back to the olden days there. We used to go to World of Sport and do the clip there with uh, Bill and uh, uh, Louis Richards and uh, Kenny Carr and uh, Andrew, of course, a lovely hostess from uh, from Olympic Park. And, yeah, some, some wonderful memories there. And uh, it is one of the great races to own the Australian Cup and it's had some fabulous results over the years. And, 
you know, perhaps a couple of the, the great memories of China Trip being uh, dead, uh, running the uh, winning the cup in consecutive years, '92 and '93, and the dead heat in uh, 2003 behind most of us, and also back to Tom, but some you know fabulous runs along the line. The grains like Brett Lee, Dollar Double One, Fair to Bale, and uh, yeah, of course the the, the first cup. Um, it really brings back some great memories. I'm sure it does. Well, we've got eight terrific heats tonight, Ron. Um, we've picked out four here, four that you're looking forward to calling in particular. So we'll start with uh, heat one, Black Opium, um, off the red tonight. She's only been lightly raced. Um, found a little bit of trouble in her last couple of runs, but do you think she's up to it in this class? Well, box number one's probably going to make the difference there, Simone. So she's quoted red about a dollar sixty favourite to take the... Uh, take the first heat this evening. The grey that's, uh, that's airborne at the moment is Sinachi. a very mm. good young greyhound. Mm. But, of course, the box draw, and as you um, can well and truly testify for, that you know, the box draw can make you a break here in, in races. And uh, Black Opium's got the inside box. I think the top uh, three chances here are Black Opium, number one of a three, Neo Cleo, who was impressive with Cram at two starts ago. He's got a wonderful record here at the Meadows. And uh, also Sinachi is in great form. It's going to... Find it mighty hard from box number eight. So I think numbers one, three, and eight are the uh, the three there. I'll, I'll just rephrase. I didn't mean to ask his black opium up to this class. We know she ran second in a Melbourne Cup. I was just meaning, is she at this stage um, when she's had a couple of luckless runs? Um, do we think she's up to it? And yes, well and truly off the red run. So I don't mean to put black opium down at all. But Sinatri second in the Silver Chief just recently. Only three starts for 2019, but a, a greyhound that's certainly an up and comer. Then we've got Cup Heat 5, My Redeemer, Trit Trit, Diner Hunter. Um, throw some other ones in there. Another terrific heat, Ron. Yeah, gee, it's a, it, it's a beauty, that one, uh, Simone. We've got um, you know, fabulous, uh, fabulous racing right throughout the course of the evening there. And, yeah, it's, uh, I don't know which way to go there. It's a, it, 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 it's a tough one. Um, yeah, some, some great racing. Um, I just think the the main hopes there are probably my redeemer box number one, the Melbourne Cup winner, of course. And then we've got um, Trit Trit in box number two, and Shimmer Breeze, the ground that uh, it's airborne at the moment too, twenty nine eighty nine last start winner. So uh, yep, um, I'd be going my redeemer number one, the Melbourne Cup winner, and once again with a favourite box draw to beat um, Trit Trit number two and number eight, which is Shimmer Breeze. I would uh, sort of suggest that as well. And then you've got Benali, who's coming back in distance from running yeah. over the middle distances for a while. Dinah Hunter, the Warrigal Cup winner. Um, uh, Trit Trit's a little bit of a risk early, so it does look like Myra Redeemer may get a good run into the race because we know he can begin well. Yeah, and the box draw is you know, such, 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 so, so important, isn't it? I suppose Aston Utah, number three, has got some sort of a chance in the race. But you know, if you're looking at the top four, I'd say uh, one Myra Redeemer, two Trit Trit, Six Benali and number eight Shimmer Breeze. They'd be my, they'd be my four with a with a lean towards my redeemer because of the draw. Heat six, Ron, uh, race nine on the program. Uh, isn't this another cracker? We've got the reigning champ Hecton Bale who comes up with Hasten Slowly, who ran second to him in last year's final. Uh, Honcho Manali. We've got some great interstate representation across this carnival as well. But uh, Hecton Bale is. Had a few starts at Cannington and been racing, or had a number of starts there, been racing very well. So perhaps he comes back and draw near the rails. Um, a good chance tonight? Yes, you think from box number two, yeah, he could repeat the dose from last year, Simone. I thought Hasten Slowly, box number eight, although it's not a good draw. He's been a mighty grand, he's won mm. $440,000 in prize money. Um, last night was a great run behind Barriga Britain at Tim Lee, um, finishing third behind Barriga Britain, also Orson Allen. Uh, despite the awkward draw, box number eight, I thought but it. Um, 
Red is the, uh, the the strong chance here, Hayes and Slowly, to beat number two, Hector and Bale. Uh, three, Diana Oscar, and perhaps number seven, Bale, Buzz. But I think principally it's um, it's two, Hector and Bale, and eight, Hayes and Slowly, but it's going to be a very, very keenly contested affair. And keeping in mind, of course, with eight heats, it's sudden death, the winner's out through to the final. Yeah, it's sort of changed, hasn't it? Because years ago, you used to be able to, I think, run first and second into the Australian Cup final, didn't you? Or um, something changed there? Yeah, that's right. Well, going back to uh, the very early days, I used to, the, the elimination age, I used to go and call 64 elimination oh, <laughs> That's right, I remember. <laughs> Olympic Park, yes. We used to line yeah, up in Olympic the car park. park. Yeah. Better up and do 64, then you'd have the heats, the semis and the final. So it was a four-week um, four week series. Oh, had the right. elimination heats, the heats, semis, and then the final. So, yeah, things have changed. Of course, we've had those 56-seater greyhounds joining the greyhounds that qualified from the preliminaries last uh, Saturday going into this evening's um, heats. Things certainly have changed, but perhaps for the best, because you know, it's a, that's a rigorous campaign, four weeks. That's, that's mighty tough, isn't it? Like, it sure uh, is. Mm. Yeah, particularly if you've got a greyhound that you've been aiming for that's coming back from injury and um, that four-week series um, could have proven lethal for some. But um, anyway, Heat 7 here, Ron, uh, race 10 on the program. It's full of other, uh, full again of greyhounds that are just in racing in terrific form. You've got Blue Striker, Axel Footloose, who just recently won the derby at Wentworth Park, Deliver, who last week won the Rookie Rebel, coming back in distance, Mm. Jabrina, I mean, this is a greyhound who's, just an up-and-comer and been very consistent running outstanding time. So there's a few chances in this as well. Oh, indeed so, yes. I mean, look, Deliver's the query in the race. Of course, he won the rookie rebel. He's 600-metre form of weight has been exemplary. Um, back to the back to the 525. I've been drawn box number five and all could draw. Look, I thought perhaps number two not available each way. It was around about the $5 mark on the... Uh, um, early market. So I thought um, you, you, know, you do worse than something on not available number two. Uh, to beat number five delivered, the start's all important there. Three boys strike out. Of course, they completed that speed series, star series at Sandown last year and did exceptionally well. And uh, we've got number seven, uh, Jabrina, as you said, um, the real uh, up-and-comer of the field. So, you know, boys strike is another query in the race. Look, um, he's, uh, he's coming back from the 600 metres, back to the 525 start. I thought perhaps on an each-way basis, two not available. Five deliver, three boy striker, and seven Gibraltar. Yeah, another outstanding field, Ron. Have you got an early tip for the series? I mean, it's probably a, a very difficult question because we haven't even touched on all the heats. There's still, you know, Orson Allen we haven't even spoken about, and we've got Poke yeah. the Bear that we haven't spoken about, Bucks Future. But have you got um, a, a tip, do you think, for the series? Look, I'm just having perhaps Poke the Bear because it's, it's, it's sudden death. It's, you've got to keep that in mind. It's a winner alley. To go through, and I think the box draw might might win it for um, Poker Berry. He's in race uh, five this evening, heat yes. number three, drawn box number two. I think the danger could be Mr. Pointamira, number five, who's got that early burn of the race. I think it's going to be a great contest, and perhaps Poker Bear, if he gets to the camp, might be just a little bit too strong for Mr. Pointamira. So uh, just going by that, perhaps Poker Bear uh, might be the one I'd be looking forward to um, uh, suggesting that, you know, it's the, uh, it's the key to go through to the. Uh, to the big final. No, I don't think you'll have too many doubters there, but it is a hot race, and we have seen that he can get into a little bit of trouble at times. But uh, a 29.46 yeah. personal best on the track, Ron. He's had 11 wins and four placings from his 20 starts here, and it does suggest that he will start the favourite in Heat 3, which is race 5 
on the program as well. Ron, it's been fantastic having you join us this morning. I know you've got a busy couple of weeks ahead of you, including tonight as well, but we'll all be listening out and um, listening for these eight greyhounds that make it through to the final. Yeah, it's going to be great night tomorrow. Look, I've, I've, you know, perhaps you look at last week. Does it come any better than last week? Yeah, the rookie rev on the Zoom top and the Tim. Well, you got three fabulous races there last Saturday night. And can it get any better than that? Well, perhaps this evening, you know, we've got a cracker of a nice racing. And at sudden death, that's the, uh, that's the thing. It's the winners only. So uh, there's a lot hinging on the results of this evening's race. It's going to be a fabulous night uh, this evening and also next Saturday night for the big final. It sure will. Thanks so much for joining us, Ron. Pleasure. Thank you, Simone. RSN 927's Talking Greyhounds with Simone Fisher. And joining me now is the Meadows General Manager, Margaret Long. And Marg, uh, it will be hard to top last week's night at the Meadows, but no doubt you will tonight. Oh, we'll be doing our best, Simone. But um, we've sort of got each week programmed a little bit differently this year. And last week was just unbelievably busy. Um, but we love that. We really love that. The biggest crowd I've seen for a very long time. So let's hope we repeat it again tonight, but we've got lots of different things tonight. So we're looking forward to it. Yeah, you've got eight heats of the Australian Cup, three heats of the Fantabale Superstars. But what else have you got planned off the track, Marg? Uh, well, uh, we've got lots of prizes and giveaways because it's that time of the year. We're giving away a $10,000 holiday, so that'll be nice for somebody just for coming mm. along. Um for those who like to have an ale, we've got $2 pots in the deck and in the betting ring from 7 till 8. Punters Club's being run. James Vandermark, we know James is a great punter. He is. So he, he's running the Punters Club. And uh, we've got uh, arcade games and all sorts of things in the terrace marquee. So we're looking for all the young people, you know, the 20 to 30-year-olds that might like to get in there and have a bit of fun, which is fantastic. You know, it's very different. We've done it a couple of times and it's um, very, very popular. So... We look forward to a big night. I'm sure you do. And 20 to 30-year-olds, that counts me out. <laughs> oh, well, probably, we could, probably could sneak in, mate. <laughs> yeah, I won't, won't give away my age. But uh, you must be absolutely thrilled with the quality of the races, Marg. But the three heats of the Fantabale Superstayers, the fact that you've got Rip and Sam and Tornado Tears racing at the right time, uh, you must have been sweating on that and absolutely thrilled that they are. Oh, look, it's, it's terrific. Um, you know, you could... Well, really, there was such a, I guess, a question mark on the pair of them after having been out for quite some time, whether they would be back. And, it, you know, it's hard to come back from a break. You can troll all you like, but racing yeah. is a different matter altogether. So well done to Robbie Britton, who's got them up and going right at the right time. But, you know, we saw some great runs from some of the others in the Zoom Top last week as well. And, you know, some of the some of Johnny Finn's dogs, the New South Wales Dogs Blue Ribbon Rising, I thought, was an amazing run behind Santa Bale. So, um, you know, they're they're in good form as well. So it's it's not just, um, you know, it, there's a good bit of depth amongst them. There is, and very good interstate representation this year too across both lots of the heats. Yes, it is. And I, I, I guess three of them come from New South Wales with Poco Dorado and Blue Moon Risings there again and Velocia Nero. So they're, they're there. They're very good stayers out of Sydney. And I think because there's, uh, you know, the, the distance races, the group distance races are um, scheduled in such a way that you don't get the clashing, you know, that it's, 
you know, it makes it worthwhile for a stayer, doesn't it? It sure does. That's right. And um, there's two races there that have got a vacant box, so seven dog fields. But um, it makes it not easier, but it um, less interference and all that, I guess, and a, a great racing spectacle for people. Now, the box draws for both these races will be held on Monday. Is that correct? No, we're doing the stayers on Saturday. Oh, night, right. So. Okay. So we'll be doing that after race nine on Saturday night, and then we'll be doing the um, uh, the Australian Cup. Uh, the cup lunch on Monday. Oh, okay. Looking forward to that. That's something new on the program too, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yes, we thought we'd give that a bit of a whirl this year. And, um, yeah, well, why not? Add, add, a, add a bit of interest with the media and what have you. It's at a lovely place. It's, in, it's at Zinc in, uh, uh, the, in Fed Square right. um, in the city. And there's um, lots happening there. We've got the Gap... The gap um, coffee thing going happening there and we'll be giving away free coffees and all sorts of things so yeah, it'll be good. Oh wonderful now Marg you've been the general manager of the Melbourne Greyhound Racing Association for I don't know how long but um, you have a retirement coming up in the middle of the year so this will be your last Australian Cup Carnival and no doubt it will be massive but um, is there a, a, a Greyhound that you over the years that you've seen that's won an Australian Cup that um, you, you remember like a fond memory? Oh, I've got, yeah, I've got a lot of them, really. And, you know, like, we've been at the Meadows for 20 years. We just um, clocked up, um, we just clocked up 20 years last week, week before. Um, it's, and that time's gone quickly, but, uh, and I've been with the club for 27 years, so it's a long time, isn't it? It think you're getting old, but anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, um, look, I, I have I have a few that stick in my mind, and I, I, I think, um, and they go back, a few years, you know, we had China Trip winning two Australian Cups, and I think that's unique. Uh, we had a we had a dead heat. Um, we had, and I think my most memorable, as far as emotion, went to uh, Joe Pearl Joe and Pearl. his dog. Mm. Joe Pearl, you know, we picked up picked up his dog back when he got it back off the catcher and lifted him up shoulder high and carried him all the way back to the dais and. And that was the dog spread eagled. And, you know, to me, it was really emotional. He was so proud. Mm. He loved the dog. He absolutely loved the dog. And he was just so proud. You know, it was beautiful. Yeah. Marga, we, we are short of time. We've had Ron Hawkswell on the show and we've got Corey Hiscock to come on the show as well. So, um, yeah, appreciate your time. I know it's a busy time for you, but all the very best for tonight and next week. Thanks very much, Simone. RSN 927's Talking Greyhounds with Simone Fisher. And my third guest on Talking Greyhounds this morning is track manager at the Meadows, Corey Hiscock. And Corey, a a big carnival for you. This is your 21st year in preparing the track for the Australian Cup. Oh, that makes me feel old for me. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) (laughs) Do you want me to tell tell everyone how long you've actually been doing tracks for (laughs) to go Uh, back? I started started working on a race night at Bendigo around about 1984. Four, um, for $4 an hour, <laughs> my first wage on a, on a race night, and um, sort of graduated into the track from there a couple of years later and lure driving and so forth, and I um, was lucky enough that when the MGRA was building the Meadows back in 1998, they got the, uh, the track curator's role there, so I've been around at the Meadows for every one of our Australian Cup carnivals. So in that time, Corey, we've seen um, a lot of shifts in the culture of greyhound racing and probably the biggest one is the welfare aspect. So how has preparing a track changed over all those years with welfare being the priority? 
Yeah, you're right, Simone. The last couple of years have certainly been um, challenging for the industry and certainly uh, out of uh, some of the um, government recommendations over the past few years that's had an impact on the way um, tracks are maintained. Um, the basic methodology is still the same. Uh, we now uh, have extra extra things like uh, moisture meter readings and uh, we measure the track's firmness and so forth to assist the curators with preparing their tracks as safely as possible and uh, as consistent as possible as well because there's also the element of um, gambling on greyhound racing. So you want the tracks to remain fairly consistent. And also the punters and the public love to see greyhounds run really fast times or track records, but that can't be at the detriment of the safety of the greyhound, can it? So how do you find that compromise? Um, This is true. I was uh, taught by a gentleman called Ron Eisen years and years ago, and uh, Ron made a point to me that greyhounds actually don't run fast times on very firm surfaces because of the jarring effect on their legs. And uh, basically... Uh, some of the ideology I've had along my journey as a, as a track curator is that um, generally when you get the combination of a well-prepared surface and a, and a sort of perfect night of, of weather and good field, the dogs will run um, as fast as they possibly can. And what he implanted into me was that, that if that is happening, then the track is actually assisting the greyhounds to run to the best of their possible ability. So... Um, Certainly quicker times don't frighten me in the sense of seeing them that I think a track is uh, unsafe in that instance. It's um, generally not the case. I find the times actually go off a little bit when dogs are um, having issues with the track surface. The weather can play a big role in the consistency of track surfaces, as we all know. And given that we're in Melbourne, (laughs) I don't really need to say (laughs) anything else about that. But that must really bring up some challenges. I mean, I know you've been out there at midnight when we've had a storm and you've been trying to get the track and repair it. Um, It must be a real challenge. And especially when you're racing twice a week and you're trialling, was it two or three times a week? Yeah, certainly, uh, like with most greyhound tracks around Victoria, they're generally used probably every second day in some form or another, whether it be racing or trialling, and and weather certainly um, can have a fairly dramatic impact, um, as can be seen at times when we have um, very heavy, almost tropical-like rainfall that we can um, lose race meetings uh, because we can't hold the sand on the surface, and then it takes quite a bit to repair it. So it it does have an impact. Wind wind can have an impact on even greyhounds running as well, like it it, um, can affect the times that dogs run, and sometimes that sort of doesn't get taken into account by people when they're uh, being critical of our work. Um, But, yeah, it has a big impact, and I think I've, I guess I've, um, to float my own boat, I've got a pretty strong passion for what I do in the industry, and so as far as I'm concerned, if I've got to get out there at midnight on a shovel, then that's what needs to happen. It's not only you as the track manager, is it, Cora? You've got a team of people around you that um, you have to get that place looking amazing, and it, it really does. It does every week, but it's almost like Flemington with the roses, isn't it? Um, you've got to time it right at this time of the year. Oh, roses, as uh, Margaret will tell you, the bane of my life, roses. They're easy, <laughs> just get... How, I don't know how flowers can do it. Just cut them back. <laughs> you can't kill them, I know that much. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, it's a really good team I've got under me of um, some guys at the Meadows and they do an excellent job and, and they know I have high expectations and standards and they certainly meet them on uh, all occasions. So the run-up in the, in the last few weeks up to the... The night one of the carnival is when a lot of our work's happening, where we're painting things like the rail and track fences and boxes and 
Um, you know, I'm putting sort of finishing touches to the track to make sure all the levels are correct and, and cambering and so forth and gardens are manicured and, yeah, the roses are um, sprayed and cut. <laughs> <laughs> now, in all those years, Corey, you've seen many, many Australian Cups. Is there one that stands out for you as a, a favourite? Uh, okay, so as so a kid, a young, a young child, I went and saw Eagle Hawk Star Live in 1985. So that was the first sort of taste of the race that I had. Uh, and being a Bendigo boy, that Greyhound was actually from Bendigo, so it was a bit special. Um, along the way, we've done quite a few at the Meadows now. Probably one race that sticks out is the year that the, the club um, rejuvenated the the race and came up with a sort of carnival aspect around it. We had a dead heat between most awesome and Blackjack Tom. Uh, Brett Lee's probably one of the really, really sensational dogs that we've seen win a cup as well. So they're probably the highlights. Yeah, there's been some amazing chases win this race and no doubt next Saturday night there will be another one. Corey, thanks for joining us this morning on Talking Greyhounds and giving us a little bit of an insight into track preparation. That's okay, Simone. Have a great day. You too. It's the expert pick, Simone's Run of the Week. And racing, and today no tears on the outside began okay. Way fast back in Parra is going to lead settling down from Pogo Dorado. Today no tears wide around the outside, getting up on the inside. Blue Moon rising, they were followed by a moment for Jive. Five lengths away, then came Rip and Sam. Second last with a lap to go, double jam. Last is Macari. Out of the straight they run now. And the leader here was back in Parra, led by two. In second spot, Blue Moon rising up on the inside. Today no tears, they were followed then by Pogo Dorado. A gap then a moment for Jive, and well back then came Rip and Sam coming off the back straight and it's still back in parlor leader coming around the outside Blue Moon Rising with a big run Tornado Tears going up on the inside Blue Moon Rising moved up on the outside and took the lead Tornado Tears kicking in Batman's back and Tornado Tears has won it from Blue Moon Rising and I don't think I'll have any arguments with that one Tornado Tears was simply sensational and I think he will be a hot contender for run of the years last week for that race in the zoom top Last week's dog to follow, Vivitar, ran fifth at the Meadows on Wednesday. It didn't begin like it did on debut, but keep watching out for it. My dog to follow this week is She Will Boom, who won a 5.95 metre race at Sandown on Thursday night, running 34.09 at only its second start this trip. She's now had 13 starts for six wins and four placings, so definitely keep an eye out for her. My best bet is race two, number two tonight at the Meadows. It's Blue Moon Rising, who ran a gallant second to two Tornado Tears here last week. I think he will improve at his second start on the track. And plenty still coming up with the Australian Cup heats and Fantabale heats tonight, of course, next Saturday, the finals and Horsham Cup heats not far away as well. It's been a big show, but like we always say here, you keep those tails wagging.